0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name is Jessica. I'm here with my bestie, Laurie. Hey, what's up, guys? And this week, we are joined by our good friend, Alana. Hello. And we're going to be talking about self-care. But before we jump into this, I'm going to hand it off to Laurie to talk about this week's Badass of the Week
1: you guys. I kind of feel like badass maybe isn't a grand enough title for the holistic psychologist. Um, If She's so She's amazing. So, if you guys have not heard of the holistic psychologist, her actual name is Dr. Nicole LaPera. She is a psychologist who teaches people to heal consciously by creating new versions of themselves via her books, social media pages, community. She has this really strong focus on self-healing um what I love so much about the holistic psychologist is that she will drop truth bombs on her social media page that like cut me to the core I'm I feel so seen but sometimes not in a really great but way Sometimes
0: they stab you in the heart and yeah
1: you're like, wow holistic psychologist you hurt my feelings like I needed one. to hear that but ouch um on the regular but it's all done in a very loving and um, profound way, I Definitely feel like. Definitely
0: one of the top three favorite Instagram accounts that I follow is the holistic psychologist. She's I great. learned so much from
1: her. And re- honestly, like when I first started following her, which I guess is probably around a year ago, I... Um, now when she posts things, I'm like, oh, I've seen her say that before. And I've done so much growth since the first time I saw it, you know, like, and so one of the things that I love so much about what she does is she does a lot of work about reparenting yourself um, and inner child work. Yeah. Her inner child work stuff is phenomenal yeah it's deep and it's intense but the whole concept of um just addressing what it is that hurts you and finding ways that you can help yourself is um just been super transformative so uh her new book is out now it's called how to do the work it just came out i think on like march 6th um i've already got it uh, pre-ordered i'm so excited to read more about it uh holistic psychologist if you're listening to our tiny podcast, like <laughs> we want you to come and share your wisdom. Please, we would be so great. I'm currently working on a way to get you a badass box just because uh, you're one badass lady and we super appreciate what it is that you uh, put out into the world. So on the heels of that, um, let us talk self-care today. Um, self-care is honestly, one of those terms that when I very first like wrapped my brain around it, I was like, oh, that's for high maintenance people that are lazy or that don't have enough to do with their lives. So they're hanging out in face masks and, you know, like taking care of themselves didn't seem like something um, for so many years that was a priority to me. But here as of late, it's become a lot bigger priority in my life. And some influences that I've had on that are definitely our friend hanging out today, uh, Miss Alana. (laughs) I admire so much your dedication to taking care of yourself and how you just make it a priority in your life. And when you and I have had a chance to talk about it, you share with me like what a noticeable difference you see in your world when you're taking care of yourself versus when you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to make
2: self-care a priority in your life? Just for my sanity. I struggle with anxiety and depression, just like I'm sure so many people out there do. Um, It just, it really keeps my mental health in check. Um, Keeps me on like a routine. But yeah. I... uh it, it's funny because you
1: are similar to me and Jessica, I think, in that you love planners oh,
0: and yes. like calendars and me, writing Laurie things and down. Alana oh my God. Passion planners. Passion. I will never use another planner. I, Which, I told you all side note. <laughs> the three of us here are obsessed with our passion planners. Hashtag Pash fam. Hashtag. Hashtag. Pash fam. <laughs> if you don't have a passion planner, we've this is not an ad. I was about to Let say, clear, we're not being paid not for this. Ad, yeah, But it is the best planner you'll ever use in your life. So,
1: But Passion Planner, if you're listening and you would like to sponsor this podcast, I am totally open to that idea. <laughs> Moving I'll on. Be. Um. So, yeah, you're into planners and calendars and stuff. And one of the things I notice in your Passion Planner when you're using it is that you write in your self-care. Like, it is part of your functional, okay, what am I going to do today? I do. Committing
2: I have, time. I have to schedule it. I have to schedule it so I know I'm going to do it because it's so important to pay attention to yourself.
1: So when you schedule it, like, are there ever times that you miss it? Or it's time to do it and you're like, I just don't feel like it right now. Or do you stick Sometimes to your schedule?
2: It's it's really important for me to, to stick to my schedule. It's That itself is self-care to me. Um, so, yeah, I, I really try to stay with it.
0: I actually, I totally forgot that I did this for Alana. Okay, so, Alana, you were talking a few weeks about how you were scheduling Fitness time, mm-hmm. but you weren't so great at keeping up. So yes. guess what I did for Alana? Tell and it me. Just came in. Oh my God! What? what? I bought her <laughs> prize. What? I bought her a sticker chart like from kindergarten. Yes. Where oh my gosh! Every Stickers. time she does a workout, she gets a star. She gets a sticker, and so we have to come up with a. Um, a prize or something. A reward, yeah. A reward. Yeah. But I figured that that would, because I figured Alana can do her fitness thing. I'm working on my water intake Our other coworker Nancy, is working on her non-smoking. So I figured we can all use these sticker charts and come up with little (laughs) rewards for ourselves. So, Alana, I'm going to have to bring that to work.
1: I love that idea. Isn't it funny that, like, life comes around full circle and for some reason getting a gold star is enough motivation as an adult to get something done just like it was in kindergarten? Like, I think that's so cool. Um, The other thing that we were talking about with your fitness um, was I had— heard something at some point where this guy who was trying to make it a priority to work out every day, uh, would start a new, uh, season, uh, something on Netflix, something to binge watch and would only watch the next episode after he had completed his workout. So Ooh, he was so good. motivated to do the workout so he could watch the next episode. And I was like, that's pretty much the only way I'll ever be able to incorporate <laughs> like regular, uh, fitness on a schedule like that. So I love it. Good ideas. So I guess, Self-care. I always had this idea that making time to take care of myself was time that I should have been spending being productive or working or making money. Hustling. Hustling. Yeah. Like, or if it wasn't about making money, it was about building something, you know, and it was just like that go, go, go. And that if you stopped and took a nap, or stopped and got a massage or you did these things like unless it contributed to my overall goal of world domination and doing massively huge things with my life that I felt shame for the self-care. And so that is something that I've really been wrestling with for about the last year. I've done a couple of Facebook lives or Instagram lives talking about it. That I'm now waking up, I guess I'm kind of late to the game with this idea that when I make taking care of Laurie outside of all of that stuff a priority, then all of those things still keep working and they even work better. You know, like that I don't have to kill myself to be successful and make things happen and stopping and taking care of me only makes me a better leader, professional, friend, wife, that I can only be 100% my best when I take care of myself 100%. -hmm. Um, And so I'm curious if you guys have any outlook on that because I know that Jessica has noticed that I've kind of shifted my perspective a little bit and it being okay for me to take care of myself and um, not have to be so focused on all of that like work accomplishment success drive, but that It's not at the expense of the success. The success still comes, you know, like the work is still great. Um, The accomplishments are still being had. They're just happening with a happier, more balanced me. Mm -hmm. Kind of an aha for me um,
0: later in my life. So what's your take on that, guys? Well, so Alana, you said something when we were talking the other day um, that self-care is no longer – what it's was it? No longer a luxury. It's a necessity. Yes. Yeah. 1000% that. Yeah. Um, my most recent form of self-care, and y'all, no shame. I have zero fucks about how this sounds, but my most recent form of self-care is getting a cleaning lady.
1: <sighs> yes. So amazing. <laughs> so
0: here's the thing. I had... I I talked with my friend, Julie, about this and Julie and I are exactly the same in the sense that our anxiety is, it manifests in our home. And so if you were to look at my house, it is a reflection of my mental state. And so if my house is really clean, you could probably say I'm doing really well. If it's, messy and it looks like a tornado hit it. Even though I have a four-year-old, I know that that's normal for a lot of like kid moms, but, um, whether I've had Adelaide or not, um, when my house is a disaster. I'm struggling. I'm not doing well. Um, to the point where I've just been tempted to be like, fuck it, I'll just move. I've <laughs> <laughs> had that I don't conversation. Yeah. Want to clean this. Yeah. I'll just move and start over somewhere else. Like I've been <laughs> so close to just say screw it. So my my most recent thing was getting a cleaning lady, which came with a lot of guilt because I was like, this is unnecessary. This is an unnecessary expense. I could just clean the house myself, but I've also learned how like ADD I am. And I think that's common in a lot of adult women. I think that it goes undiagnosed. I'm not by any means saying I for sure have it. I'm just saying I've been reading a lot about it and I'm like, I don't know, sounds a lot like me. So like I would start one task. And then, you know, so like if I was doing a load of laundry and then I'd go into the bedroom, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to tidy this up real quick, but this doesn't really go in here. So I'm just going to put this in the other room. Then I'll go to the other room and be like, Oh, well now I'm going to do this. And now I'm going to like that. I would clean all weekend and nothing would get done because it was just a thousand little undone tasks And since I've had the cleaning lady, I walk into my home and my anxiety just automatically goes. And I feel so good. And that way I can just maintain. I only get her every other week, and I just maintain between cleanings, and it's so much easier that when I told Julie that I finally got a cleaning lady, she was like, is that not the best money you've ever spent on self-care? And I was like, a freaking men sister. Like, best thing I ever did for myself. Well, and it's still, like, brand new. It's only been, like, twice, I think, that she's been, right? Yeah, two times, and I'm already, like... You're part of the family. You can move in.
1: It's fine. I would do anything for you.
0: (laughs) Seriously, I'm like, what do you want? I mean, anything.
1: Uh, Yeah. Self-care is a cleaning lady. I love this idea when the three of us got together and kind of worked on this episode that we broke self-care into three categories because... Also, I do feel like self-care, sometimes people think so much about, like, the the spa day or about getting your nails done, but they don't really understand that something like sleep or writing in a journal or any number of other things can be categorized as self-care. So we kind of broke it down into self-care for the mind, self-care for the body, and then self-care for the soul or, you know, soul care is what we've heard so much that I love. Um, So... If we were just going to start off with self-care for the mind, um, I know a big part of my own process with self-care for my mind is journaling. Um, And because it's how I process what I'm feeling at the time, even if it's just me on my keyboard typing... How do I feel right now? Or what am I angry about right now? Or what am I scared of right now? Um, And seeing just what comes up and not judging it, not needing it to make sense, not worrying about grammar and punctuation and spelling, you know, like just letting it out is so good for my like crazy brain turning it off Um, because otherwise I will spin out obsessing and thinking about things that I just haven't resolved inside of me yet and so journaling has been a really big step for me with self-care for the mind Um, what are you ladies doing right now for self-care for your mind
2: Reading. I I'm currently reading three different books. I don't know how I do it. Tell us Uh, what books um, I'm reading sharp objects That's so I I like to do a fiction and then then a nonfiction book because when you're reading fiction I feel like you lose yourself in that imaginary world that's happening with well nonfiction is you're teaching yourself something So I'm reading The Geode Theory, which is um, about body image. I just ordered that book, and I haven't read it yet. I heard uh, Charlotte Lee was posting about it. Mm. Yeah, it's a great book. It has changed my perspective on so many things already, and I'm barely halfway through the book. I can't wait to read it. It's so incredible. And then I'm also reading um, Twelve Rules for Life. It's like a psychology book. Um, It uh, just—it's different chapters on different just important things. Like the chapter I'm on right now is— Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Yeah, which love just that. that chapter title alone. I was like incredible. Um, yeah, so those are the. Tell me, book. Do
1: you feel like it's different to read a book versus listen to a book?
2: Yes, I'm listening to the Twelve Rules of Life. <laughs> okay, <laughs> reading the Geod Theory um, in my phone. Okay, and then I am reading the Sharp Objects book. Like an actual book. Physical. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like just all different forms. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I have to do audio. Like, yeah. I mean, I love physically reading a book, but with a four-year-old, yeah, yeah. almost nearly impossible. So I'm totally into audio books, but I did order the Geo Theory like mm-hmm. as a book. So I'm going to. Oh, it's so dry. Laurie, I may just have to give it to you. First. I was about to but say, then...
1: I when you're done with it, give it to me and I'll read it. Or if you're not at for it, I'll do it first. I love all methods of listening, reading actual books, having it on my phone. I think for me, it's more about where I am. Like I'll listen to a book in my car. I will read a physical book at home. Mm-hmm. Or I'll read books on my cell phone when I'm out and about and like waiting in line at the grocery yeah. store or do it, you know, like, so it's just that no matter where I am, I happen to have some sort of input.
2: And I think that's why I started doing it. Yeah. It was easier listening to a book in my car and then reading a book at work on my break um, mm-hmm. on my phone. right, And then at home, just sitting on the couch with the book open and some tea. Love, love. Oh, it's my favorite thing to do. And Alana, how old are you again? I'm 24. 24. Jeez.
0: I should have been doing wish- that one. When I was 24. I had the wisdom yeah. at 24 that Alana has like major envy, right Dude, now. Dude, I'm 42 and I'm over here having
1: breakthroughs that it's okay to take care of myself and she's half my age and she's like killing it. I love it. It's great news. Amazing. Um, what are you doing for your mind, Jessica? What kind of self-care do you have for your mind going on?
0: So I'm really dedicated to um breathing and meditation right now yes so even if it's just for a few minutes in the morning i'm just you know i would love to be one of those who could sit for an hour and i'd like to work up to that but you know because kathy heller does that she meditates for an hour every morning i'm like how the hell i commend her but (laughs) that is a long time to meditate for me still time um so i would love to like eventually work up to that maybe when my schedule isn't so demanding um which (laughs) Everyone's like, "Haha, that's cute that you think that's ever going to happen. But um, yeah, just for a few minutes, I just want to be still.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love. Be still and know. <laughs> so good. Um, my, I think right now my comfort zone, like with timing on meditation, is somewhere between like 14 and 20 minutes. I can, you know, like I can maintain for, before I'm like making my grocery list and figuring out what color I'm going to paint my toenails, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I wander. Um, so, yeah, I would love to be. An hour, like Kathy, someday we'll
2: I get find there. it hard not to fall asleep during meditation. <laughs> you know, oh. you know. So
0: I have the Insight Timer app, and yeah. I have Adelaide hooked on listening to meditations to get her to sleep. That is, precious. Um, mm-hmm. I want to teach her mindfulness, and it's um, incredible. Now, I will say, her favorite meditations are more so like children's stories. Sure. So she has this one meditation, like. It's not just one meditation, but it's a story of these three cats um, called Heidi, Cherry, and Vea. And so it's all their, like, crazy stories about, like, getting sick or the first day of school or going skydiving. So Adelaide wants to go skydiving now, you <laughs> yes. know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> She's like, <"That's> <laughs> can I go skydiving? I'm like, when you're 18. She's like, okay, great. Um, so, yeah, I have the Insight Timer app because I use that to get Adelaide to sleep, but also... Lots of great sleep meditations. Have you listened to the Russell Brand one that yes. I sent you? Okay, good. Um yes. Russell Brand Alana. does a meditation. Russell Brand. On yes.
1: Insight Timer. Yeah. For free. For free. It's a free app and it's a free <laughs> meditation. All right. And he can lull me to sleep. Actually, That's I've been listening to his. Voice. Oh my God, it's so good. It's also funny. Like he says a couple of times, like yes. you're so in the zone and you're so zen, and then he says something funny and you just like start cracking down in the <laughs> of it. It's so good. Um I love Insight Timer. This is also not an ad, Insight <laughs> Timer, but um, I love it because if I want to try something new or if I'm feeling a particular way, I'll look for a meditation. So I'll tell it, okay, I've got 10 minutes and I'm looking for something to help me with surrendering and letting go. And it will help narrow down my options for 10-minute meditations that are based around surrounding and letting it go. Um I, sometimes I'll listen to him for like 10 seconds and be like, nope, that is not my meditation. You know, like I'll know immediately and I'll skip on to something else or go to the ones that I do repetitively. I like to meditate in the morning, but you like to do it at night, don't you?
0: I, I like morning and night. Yeah. It depends on Adelaide.
1: Which side the kids are on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. It depends on if she goes to bed early enough where I can have that moment, but you know, mm-hmm. she's a party animal. Yeah. Party yeah. Some, I'm serious, Alana. Like... <laughs> that kid will stay up all night if I let her like it's she like her mama. I know she's a night owl like Mm -hmm. me. It's (laughs) wild. So, um, mostly I, get it in in the morning when she's not awake yet yeah even though i am a night owl and that's more so when i like to do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff but
1: i mean i just go to bed at eight thirty, so i think that's why i don't do it at night not, not every night but like last she's night she's yeah. lying I, she does not she whatever she's awake i'm so tired or i'll pass out at like eight o'clock and wake up at midnight for 30 yeah. minutes and then go back to bed but yeah i'm uh, i'm a big time i think i handle life better when i meditate in the morning yeah I have less meltdowns, you know, like
2: <laughs> I'd like to get more into meditating right now. I, I feel like it's just when I have free time on my day off, I'll go sit in a park, yes. like lay on the ground mm. for two hours. Just lay there and look at the sky. It's one of my favorite forms of self-care. I being outside. it's so
1: good. Um, and, you know, they talk so much about right now with pandemics and viruses and everything like vitamin D is one of the big things that people need to help boost their immune system. And, uh, yeah, just going out uh, park or last week I did it in my backyard I just went out with a towel and, you know, threw it out in the backyard and sat out there and just, like, sun-worshipped, basically, which mm-hmm. is something that I've always struggled with because I'm so fair-skinned, you know? Like, I was taught—and I have burned so badly in the sun so many times when I was a child that now the idea of, like, just going out and basking in the sun seems— Counterintuitive, you know, like I shouldn't be doing it, except that it feels so nice. Um, I
0: love that. So, speaking of sunbathing, mm-hmm. should we talk about let's physical get into body. body? Yeah. So, Alana, what, what, what do you do for your
2: body? Um, obviously, not work out.
0: Well, <laughs> we are getting
1: there. Change that. <laughs> we're working on it. Our chart system.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I I like doing yoga. Me and Caitlin. Caitlin is the yeah. person we work with. Um, I, she's never been to a yoga class. I what? don't know. I know. I don't know how. Um, my best friend's a yoga teacher. So she used to practice her sequences on me. I'm not a yoga teacher by any means. Um, but I would walk Caitlin through these same sequences at the park with our yoga mats or we would just lay there on the ground. Yeah. Yoga has been incredibly helpful oh my for, God. Me, for years. Before I had a kid, I went to yoga classes all yeah. the time. I, I remember.
0: I need it Mm -hmm. (laughs) back in my life. I love yoga. I really love working out and dancing. Like sweating it out is just so great. Um, I need to figure out how to work that. You were doing like
1: a virtual dance class during COVID shutdown, weren't you? I remember Yeah, with
0: all the girls I used to dance with. Yeah, I remember. And by virtual dance class, it was really just like stretching with a beer. Next you, um, we would all get on zoom That's and better. we would stretch and one of us would like lead the stretches and then it'd be like, well, that was fun. Let's drink and talk. No, right. we're about to start a program called stretching with a beer. Like that is the best <laughs> thing ever. I love it. Um, yeah, but I guess, let me think what I do currently for my body. Um, I mean, this is so, like, minute compared to, like, working out and actually taking care of your body. But, um, like, pedicures and yes. getting my nails yeah. done. Yes. It's, um, it's super important
1: to do things that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like getting nails done is one of those things that, like, has payoffs for me long after I've gone to do it. Yeah. You know, like, that I'll go and get my nails done, and it's great to do that in the moment. But that for two weeks after that... I consistently feel good about me because my nails look good, you know? Well, and
0: for, I think for our line of work, pedicures are important because we're Mm -hmm. on our feet all day. And then getting nails done really came from vanity because my hands were always in, my pictures, um, if I was like taking video of my hands going through a client's hair and, you know, if I had that color stained natural nail, I was like, that looks like shit. Yeah. So I started investing in getting my nails done so that at least for vanity, for social media purposes that, um, my nails looked okay, but, um, which probably nobody noticed, but me, which is fine. But it's the most important person, like, if you notice it. Mm -hmm. It, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am
1: doing everything I can to be more active and to find things that I can do physically with my body that I love. Because I I do not like working out. I've tried, you know, working out in a gym and I've tried having a personal trainer. I've tried – and I'm – starting to recognize that like I don't if I don't love doing it um, I'm not going to continue to do it you know and so one thing that I do love like Alana is yoga Um, and I've been real committed to my virtual yoga class on Wednesday nights um, that I've done with my friend Red Fox for like 15 years however like the last three years for sure and maybe even before that like I just kind of fell out of practice with it on Wednesday nights I think mainly because I had such a heavy like work focus if we're not physically at work then I need to be working on a side project work or you know like or just the god I'm exhausted and I'm gonna come home and lay on the couch and watch TV tonight you know and then it was time to do yoga and I was like ugh, now I have to get up off the couch and I have to go you know like set up the zoom and do the thing with yoga that now it just kind of becomes part of my Wednesday ritual I'll tell you what else got in the way is I would get home and I'd like have a drink And before I knew it, I'd be like, okay, so now I can't do yoga because I can't even like focus that much. (laughs) And so I've really had to change my routine on Wednesdays to make yoga on Wednesday nights, something that consistently happens because I'm planning other things around that, you know, like it became a priority. So it always feels good to like connect my mind and my body. Um, But also dancing, which I have talked to several people about, like I, when I was Alana's age, I loved to dance. I went out to clubs and danced all the time. I was a dancer when I was a child and, you know, grew up and took dance lessons. And somewhere... I lost this connection with my body where it felt good to move it and be connected to it. And so, you know, in deep COVID time, my husband and I joked that like, you couldn't go out to clubs and dance anymore. So we like made this virtual nightclub in our living room. I've seen it. have seen it. Yeah. Like, um, we have a disco ball, we have laser light show, we have a smoke machine. Um, and we would just put records on the record player and crank it up and turn on all the lights and dance around in the living room. Like I was, And it is so good for my body, like to feel the music and move it and get out and sweat and all of it that I don't know why I didn't put the dance club in my living room sooner.
0: You know, when I was in college, I mean, and, you know, that was like my first experience living away from home. Um, my roommates and I were notorious for having dance parties in the living room. And I mean, that's why people came to our house is because you could always bet that there was a dance party going on. And you got to think this was back in like 2006, 2007, we're talking like the height of Fergalicious. Okay. (laughs) So it was a really good time. And, um, you know, one of my favorite badasses, Amy Poehler is, Huge on dance parties. Yes. She talks about dance parties a lot as a form of being elevated. It just gives you like this extra sense of um, like, endorphins. Yeah. It gives you this rush and you get so happy and excited. It's like changing your state. Absolutely. So yeah, if I'm ever down, crank up some music, have a dance party, that's good for the body.
1: Well, and remember when we went to UPW and like changing your, that when you needed to shift your life and you needed to shift something big that one of the first things you really have to do is shift your physical energy, you know, where you feel that life coming up in you, which is why at UPW they have you like stand up and scream and bounce and jump and beat on your chest and like do all these really primal insane things but you feel that life in you you know and that that is so important to changing your state at any given time when you need a boost so
2: yeah I'm into it I like the dance parties Can I just say, if my house doesn't look like Lori's in her age, I don't want it. I don't want it. it. I mean,
1: it's by design and you got to get a husband who's willing to jump through hoops and
0: execute your crazy ideas. Like, Oh my God, truth. Aubrey, like, I can speak to that because I've seen it in action where Lori's like, I want to have a fucking dance party in the living room. And Aubrey's like, I'll get the disco ball. Yeah. He's
1: totally (laughs) down. Well, you know, what's even funnier though, is like he can have our living room go from like whatever normal living room looks like for us, you know, to the dance party. And like, eight nine minutes now like he can have the whole thing turned over and ready to go he has it down to a science um aubrey is also not much of a dancer but has become more of a dancer in this last year or so um because i'm not gonna go out there and dance by myself you know like i will but <laughs> not when he, i was like there's nobody here for to see you you know like oh i'm not much of a dancer you know like it's so much fun uh And more freeing, I think, to have it in your personal space, you know, because it's been really good for both of us to be able to do that. But, yeah, most of what's going on with my house is because I have this great idea similar to the garden in the backyard I did not build those garden beds you know I definitely did not build the cages that keep the squirrels out of my vegetables like that is a hundred percent because I was crying because you know little varmints were eating my shit and Aubrey had to go out and build me something to fix it you know (laughs) um so yeah find you somebody who can get you
0: a partner get you a
1: partner that can execute your crazy ideas um so let's get to the soul let's talk about some soul care care, y'all like because this is what it's all about
2: uh Alana what's your favorite kind of soul care well, as y'all know, I just got a pet. Ooh. Oh, He's my son. Tell my me about him. Um, it is a ball python. His name is Hank. He's only four months old now, so Ooh. he's still really little, maybe like two feet long, really skinny. Um, it's just been so, like, stress-relieving for me. You wouldn't think of a snake as being, like, a nice, cuddly pet to hang out with when you come home from work, but just the way he wraps his self around your arm or around if your there's neck There's a connection. Or there is a connection. He knows that I give him the Cheese Boys. No. <laughs> I I, I know, I'm the theater of the Cheese Boys, so he likes me. <laughs> Um, he's been so incredible. I love him so much. I haven't even had him for very long, maybe since Christmas. Yeah. That was yeah. a Christmas present to myself. Yeah. So are have snakes always been a passion of yours or? Definitely. My best friend growing up had a boa, um, huge snake, huge yellow boa. Um, that would just crawl around their house. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. They had a two year old at the time. What? I oh know. God. Um, so I grew up around him. I mean, I've had my snake tattoos since I was right? 18. Um, how big will Hank get up to four feet? Wow. Four feet and like, I know listeners can't see this, but pretty big around. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, he's so cool. Having a little
1: being to love is mm-hmm. so, so cool. good mm-hmm. for your soul. Um, Uh, I've always felt that way about any kind of animal, but also plants too. You know, like to care for something and keep it alive is a a good thing for your soul.
0: Um, Laurie, you may not have seen this. Did you see what I posted on Alana's Facebook about the snake massages? No. Oh my God. Do they do snake massage? Is that a thing? It's a thing. Oh, Have you tried it? I want to say what I posted on yours Mm -hmm. was from New York, right, or something. I mean, it wasn't from here, but this lady... Like, you lay on a table just like you would for a massage, and she puts these huge, like, Three or four snakes on top of you, and they and it's all about surrendering. Oh, you mm-hmm. get the massage from the snakes, mm-hmm. yes. Oh my
1: gosh, okay. <laughs> Do you think
2: that the snake was yes? <laughs> I thought you were giving the snake a massage. I was like, wait a minute,
0: I'm so confused right now. Okay, no, no, I'm with you. No, wow. So, it's all about surrendering to this process, and you let them crawl all over you, and so like they'll wrap around you and kind of mm-hmm. squeeze, and like they'll be all over your face, and like. Um, it looked interesting. Yeah. Um, Terrifying, maybe? <laughs> they looked... I I mean, from the video, they weren't harming the person at all. So <laughs> I I don't know, but... Um, not at that session, anyway, I'll, they weren't. Okay, like, right. <laughs> I would not recommend to try at home. I'm just saying that... I think that snakes have a bad reputation totally, and yeah. that um, these snakes, it seemed like a very therapeutic process of just surrendering to the moment and letting them do their work. And so this woman would facilitate, though, that like if they kind of got off a little bit, she would. Like, put them back on and, you know, that she would kind of help guide them to where they needed to go. Unravel them from your throat and that kind of thing. I mean, they can't get around your throat. (laughs) Okay, good, good.
1: No, I think snakes are beautiful, first of all. Like, I am mesmerized by their patterns and I also think it's really cool that they shed skin. Like, I feel like that's a real symbolic thing with uh, snake medicine. I was the kid that like cried in the snake part of the zoo. I was so scared of them. And in Oklahoma city where I grew up, there was like, the, they called it the snake house. And it was basically like the thing that you walked through, you know, to go see all the snakes inside of their terraniums or aquariums or whatever they are. Okay. Um, and I had my best friend, her dad took us to the zoo once. I don't even know how old I was. And, I didn't want to go into the snake house and he would like tease me and tell me that like all the snakes were out of their terrariums and like slithering all over the floor and that mm-hmm. you had to be really careful where you stepped and stuff. And I was like seven, you know, like I was terrified to go into this snake house. And I think until I was like 11 or 12 years old, I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not going in there. Like I will not do it, you know? And, um, but then as an adult have been in a lot of situations where I could like pet a snake or, you know, like put a snake around me. So I'm open to it. I think maybe Hank and I will be friends. Uh, you- I I want to meet him. Yeah. 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 We'll definitely have to meet him. I have a different appreciation for snakes now that you have one, for sure. Um, Um,
2: He's so silly. Like, just watching him in his terrarium, too. He's just started doing this thing where he wants to crawl through his substrate, which is, like, his bedding. So, he'll make a tunnel and, like, dig through the tunnel and put his face on the glass, like, (laughs) underneath his water bowl. And I'm like, what are you doing, guy? Like, (laughs) what are you doing?
0: Um, Yeah. I'm all about little... I don't want to say helpless, but yeah, like cuddling something smaller, um whether it's a snake, a puppy, a baby, I can say from experience that I got to cuddle my first baby in over a year oh because God. of COVID yes. last week and I it took everything in me to like keep my shit in check because <laughs> well what and really it was an emotional situation because this was a my friend's baby who It just dawned on me that, like, COVID is such a thief. Mm -hmm. Like, I should have been cuddling this baby five months ago. And obviously, this baby's well-being is priority. And so I have kept my distance all this time. And so when I finally got to meet her and just hold her, and it um, was—I love—I just love holding babies. Obvi, yeah. Puppies and just, like— Little things that, you know, don't, I mean, obviously those things need something from you, but there's just this unconditional, they don't care who you are, what you've done. There's no judgment. They just surrender to the moment and all their trust is in you. And so that's my kind of soul care. You know, I completely relate
1: to this. You know that I love babies, especially pre-conversation and pre-walking. Like before they can walk and talk is my favorite time with babies, but not for the obvious reason that you would think, mainly because I love nonverbal connection, which is why I think I love animals so much is that I love to connect with things without words that are so inadequate sometimes, you know, and what you need and that there's like this part of you that when you're hurt, sad broken in a sense that a baby or a dog knows how to go directly to that space inside of you that uh, makes it better, you know, or gives you some perspective anyway. So yeah, I'm totally into that. Uh, Soul care, you know, one of the things that uh, we talked about, because I'm a big, I love physical connection. So definitely like, My dog Bowie has become a snuggler in the last few months, and that's been really good for me that he wants to just, like, lay on me and, you know, snuggle in a sweet way. Um, But I've really been into this idea with, like, connecting with old friends lately, which is interesting because, you know, we talk a lot about on this podcast about, like, having friends sometimes is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, But that there have been a lot of people in my life that have, you know, like, The people that you hung with when you were in your 20s, people grow up to be adults and they move away or they, you know, like create a different path somewhere. And so you just kind of lose touch. It's not like you're not friends anymore. Um, But I have reconnected with some people that I haven't talked to in 10, 12, you know, years. And it's been really good for me almost because, I don't know, maybe this happens to all people my age, but you kind of forget who you were, (laughs) When you were in your 20s. And one of my friends that I've recently reconnected with, like we were roommates when we were 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, like really formative years between teenager and adult. Um, so we went through some shit together, you know, like, and not all of it was great shit. Some of it was really painful stuff that we had to hold each other's hands through, you know, and you don't realize how, um, special it is to have people like that in your life that know some of the weirdest, darkest, like most not proud of yourself things that you've done and that, um, And that it's uh, it's a real sacred relationship. And so that has been really good for my soul to reconnect with some of those people um, and spend time in space, which, you know, you were saying COVID is a thief. Totally. You know, like when I think about my friends who have babies and children and the people I wasn't able to see through all of that, like that was really hard. But on the flip side, it also was really interesting for how it did bring people Together that have distance between them. Uh, Because my friend that I'm talking about lives in Mexico now, you know, like it's not like we can hang out and go have a drink anyway, but we can totally get on the phone and talk. And so I just found myself reaching out to a lot of people um, virtually, you know, that otherwise I think without the pandemic um, that just wasn't as relevant because I was so connected to people that were like in person with me. So, yeah, I think reconnecting with old friends is an awesome uh, way to work on soul care. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, man, like self-care can be so many things. I give Jessica a hard time about, uh, napping and sleep because she's a mom, you know, and sleep is kind of a low priority sometimes when you have a little one that like requires your help. But I definitely have tried to follow your lead sometimes that like when you're tired or when I'm tired, that There's other things I need to do or maybe that I want to do, but that sometimes it's okay just to rest Mm -hmm. and like that if I don't get that thing on the to-do list done or I'm not able to do the meal prep or go to this grocery store or whatever, that it's okay to let something slide that I feel like is so super important if what I need to do at the time is
0: rest, that there's time and space for that. Well, from my own experience, I'm just a bad sleeper. Like when I'm supposed to be sleeping in the night, I don't sleep great. So if there's ever a moment where I can sneak in a nap Mm -hmm. and I get the best sleep of my life, I'm going to do it. You know, like I just, I have to, I have to. Otherwise I'm just, I mean, Laurie gets the worst of it probably more than anybody. <laughs> I just get cranky and like, I don't want to fucking do this. I'm over this. And then usually if I sleep it off, I'm like, just kidding. I'm back. Let's do this, you know, like, and it makes everything else that you do after that so much more,
1: um, nourishing, you know, mm-hmm. because you allowed yourself that time and space to rest. So that has been super, uh, inspirational.
0: Yeah, and I think that something important that we haven't discussed yet is um, giving yourself permission to ask for assistance in the self-care. Yes. So it's okay to reach out to a family member, friends, and be like, I need to do X, Y, and Z for myself, but I need your help because whatever. So an example for me being a mom is, um, you know, on a Saturday after work, when we get off at four o'clock and my parents are watching Adelaide that I can be like, Hey mom, can I go get my nails done after work? You just have to watch Adelaide a little extra long. It'll take me an hour and a half. And more often than not, my parents are like, absolutely, you should go do that, you know? And because whatever, they love spending time with Adelaide anyway. So it's no extra, you know, skin off their back. Um, they totally give me the space to do that. And, but they don't know that I need that unless I say I need this time, right? So, that's my advice for anybody. Like don't don't have shame or don't let anybody shame you for asking for help to make sure that you're putting your self-care whatever that looks like as a priority. It doesn't make you a bad mom. It doesn't make you a bad employee.
1: It doesn't make you a bad person to share with the people around you that you need help so you can make this space for self-care.
0: Yeah, you know, so do you remember in uh, that conference we did, Serious Business, where Mm -hmm. those salon leaders were talking about, like, leading their teams through COVID? And God, I wish I could remember who said it. But there was that one salon owner who said, if my employees need a day, and we're not talking like a sick sick day. We're talking a right. mental health day. Like I need you to tell me yeah. so that I can help you with that. Yeah. I was like, that is so fucking awesome because before this pandemic, I would have, I would have been like, what a wuss, you right. know? Like, Suck it up and move right. forward. Like, yeah. I I love that. That's even a conversation now.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that, too, though, is because in covid uh, shut down for whoever, you know, where, however you experience that, that people were kind of forced to do nothing, you know, like and be in their house. And so it um, they realized how good it was to have the space to take care of themselves or the room to do that. And then now we get right back into this workflow, like that you don't want to miss out on some of the silver linings that came out of COVID, which were... I had time to take a nap. I had time to lay on a towel in my backyard and bask in the sun, you know? Like I had time to snuggle with my dog. Like that now that we've made space for that, that we've got to find a real balance with ways to keep that in our daily routine even though the world's not living in a lockdown situation anymore. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I love that too that it's kind of changed people's perspective on yeah. uh, what's important as far as mm-hmm.
2: taking care I of hope yourself. It changes for a lot of big corporate businesses too. I worked for a lot of companies where they would not give a shit about you, yeah. Much less your mental health. So I'm very blessed to work where I work. Yeah, I have such an incredible boss who actually cares about that kind of stuff. It's one of the things we say all the time about, like we're so lucky to work
1: for a company that like cares about who you are and not just what you can do for the bottom line. You know, like the fact that you're growing and evolving as a person is as
0: important as anything else. It's how you can continue to take care of people. You know, like because yeah, what we do, just it's. It's emotionally draining. Yeah, it can be. It can be incredibly emotionally draining as rewarding as a transformation behind the chair is. It's just by the end of the day, sometimes you're just like, fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm tired. Yeah. And so the fact that like Alana and I can come to you and be like, Laurie, I need the afternoon. I need the day, Mm -hmm. whatever is just such a blessing. And the fact that you can, you know, as our manager make your own schedule and create that space for yourself. I mean, I think that as a company, especially in this pandemic time, that we have loosened up so much on that. And I can tell in our happiness that Mm -hmm. it's just a reflection of doing things right. You
1: know what else it is? Is it's a reflection of the fact that we've been able to maintain a strong and connected team, even throughout this, because uh, that is... I'm so proud of that, not from a business standpoint, but just because our team's tight, you know? And that we have all, I feel like, done a really good job keeping tabs on one another, making sure everybody's okay. You know, like if somebody's having a hard day or they're struggling with something that there's always another one of us there to like just offer support, you know, if for no other way that we feel like we have that with one another, I think is magical. And, uh, so yeah, I'm super proud of that.
0: Um, I do have one more question for Alana that we didn't ask earlier that I meant to. So being the wise young age of 24 that you are (laughs) jealous, I wish I was like that when I was 24. So like, when did this all start for you? Like, um, I'm just curious if this was something that was ingrained from in you at a younger age. Did you learn self-care from family? Did you learn self-care from friends? Did you learn it from the beauty industry? Like where in your life
2: did you learn this, that
0: this was a priority at such a young age?
2: I'd say I learned it from, I guess, from the beauty industry. Um, When I was going to school, I was working 40 hours a week as a bookkeeper on top of going to school for 30 hours a week, which is basically a second job, um, cosmetology school, Mm because I I was doing hair. So um, I was so stressed out all the time. I'd come home, have mental breakdowns. I never had time for myself. And I was like, "This, this needs to stop, like... Like, I understand that I want to be incredibly successful as a hairstylist and that this is something I need to do, but I need to take time for myself and I need to do something for myself or else I'm not going to make it through school. I'm going to give up. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really that's where it was. But also just doing hair masks and face masks with my mom growing (laughs) up. It was just just me, my mom and then my little brother. So um, so she she kind of definitely ingrained that part of self-care in me as well. I love that.
1: I love it, too. Um. I think it just speaks to the wisdom part that you've already developed that, and you also have a really special knack for this, where you can feel yourself going off track, you know, from it, and you're like, "Mm mm-mm, get back on track, girl, like, I'm gonna do this, where... I can say with certainty. When I was your age, a lot of times when I would find myself off track, I'd be like, "Well, let's just follow follow the spiral all the way down to the <laughs> well, bottom," you know, like track, so we're just gonna. I'll catch on you up on going. Monday. It's fine, you know. And so that is um, such a cool thing that you can like redirect and pivot back into the habits that you know really serve your greater purpose, you know. And that is uh, that's so inspiring and cool. I love that. Be like Alana. Be
0: like Alana. Hashtag. Be like
1: Alana. Take care of yourself, like. Yes, it's so good. Um, I love this episode, guys. Self-care is my new um, soapbox that I can't get off of because it just feels so dang good. And And, Laurie,
0: why don't you share what you went live about this week? Oh my gosh, just about,
1: it sounds so simple. It's frustrating Um, and almost so simple that it's hard for, it was hard for me to wrap my brain around that one of the fundamental concepts of self-care and I don't even know where I pulled this from or where I read it or heard it was just that you look at your life and you're like okay what are the things that I'm doing that I love or what am I not doing that I would love you know for example doing yoga every Wednesday night you know like I knew that I loved that I knew it was good for me but I also didn't understand why I stopped doing it you know and why I didn't make it a prior okay so do more of that and my first step was like, okay, so I'm just going to recommit to doing yoga every Wednesday night. Like it's on, it, it happens every week, whether I do it or not, I've got friends that do it with me. So I just started to do more of what I loved. Things like, you know, we were saying, sitting out in the yard in the sun and go, going outside at all, sitting on my porch swing when the sun was going down, if I was home at that time of day or getting up early to write in my journal instead of just getting up and getting ready and going straight to work, like making time for the things that I loved But equally, looking at my life and trying to decide what are the things that I hate doing. And whatever that is, just remove that. Whether that means delegating that responsibility to somebody else or paying somebody to do it for me, like the cleaning lady situation, um, that if you take out the things that you don't love to create space and more time for the things that you do love that that automatically puts everything into a different kind of energy and flow and vibe. And like your life gets noticeably better just by making these tiny tweaks. And so the do more of what you love and less of what you hate seems like a really superficial, well, duh, you know, like that obviously, but, and I guess, in other respects, I was like, okay, so that seems like huge actions I have to make. They're not huge actions. They're tiny things that I do all day, every day that make all the difference in the world. So, um, yeah, if there's something I'm, I hate, I'm just not going to do it anymore, you know? And if I can't figure out a way, well then I'll ask for help on, you know, like things that are not working. Jessica and I were talking about it on the way here that, you know, she got a cleaning lady, but that I was kind of threatening to get a cleaning lady. Um, Which in turn turned into my husband wanting to clean our house more because he's not so into the idea of getting a cleaning lady, you know. And so,
0: hey, however (laughs) it turns out is how it turns out. It's okay
1: though, because I that it becomes uh, sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, like that. The result I thought would come out of that conversation was that I would hire somebody to come and clean my house. But the end result is the same. My house is still cleaner, you know, and it's still working. And I hate cleaning. I'm with you. Like I'm not very good at it. It's not what uh, feeds my soul. I've tried a hundred different ways and times to make I've it something I'm good at. A you know, schedule for myself. Same. Laurie, yeah.
0: I've been like, so on Monday I'm going to dust the blinds. Right. <laughs> on Tuesday I'm going to, and then I'm like, no, that doesn't.
1: No. So yeah, you, that you don't. You don't have to do things you don't want to do all the time. Like sometimes if it's something that you're learning or it's something that you're not good at and you want to be better at it, then yeah, you know, like push yourself and challenge yourself. But I'm getting real connected to this idea that when I'm in the flow and things are right, that I need more of that. And when I'm doing things that immediately shut me down and I have that feeling of, oh, this is not good and this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I just can't make space for that in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Because when you're not fully aligned with whatever you're doing and it's inauthentic, no matter how small that thing is, it just puts out this negative vibe and energy that you're like, I'm just not into this. And it creates this situation around it. That's like, I'd rather be doing anything else. And I don't want to live my life like that. No. Well, and
1: this kind of jumps on the heels of an episode that we've have not done yet but are working on is this idea of vibration and the frequency that you put out into the world. And I know beyond anything, like my frequency has been better in the last 90 days than it has ever been. And it is because I am doing more things that I love and I am removing things that make me vibrate at a lower frequency, like period. If you feel that way, your vibe is so low. Like you can't catch the amazing things that are out there in the world for you because you're busy down here doing shit. That's not meant for you, you know? And so, yeah, like if it feels good, do more of that. And if it doesn't feel good, then find a way to get that done without you having to be so involved in it because there's magic in that aspect of self-care and it's not selfish and it's not high maintenance of you. And, um, it's not bougie. Like it is what you're
0: supposed to do. You know, like, for example, a cleaning lady, not spending that time, like going from room to room in my house, getting these tiny little tasks done that like, in the end, don't do anything allows me more time to do something. I'm super passionate about spending time with my kid. Yeah. You know, um, going to the grocery store, you know, like working on this podcast, literally, I'd rather do anything else than clean. Well, so and do you're
1: not beating yourself up for the fact that you didn't get as much done as you wanted to that you didn't do a good enough job that you didn't get the last load folded, you know, like that all of the because I know for me, like, especially when we were talking about house cleaning, that if I didn't do something that for the rest of the week, I'd be like, why didn't you just do that on Monday? You know, like if you, that was when you were supposed to do it, you just didn't do it because instead you did this, you know, like that taking away that constant beating up of myself for not doing the thing that I hated, (laughs) you know, like when you give it to somebody else to do, then all of that just goes away. And instead, I'm really grateful to myself for having done what I needed to do to get it done and take care of me at the same time. You know, like it's a win-win situation. Um, So yeah, there's no guilt. And self-care. There's no shame in it. Like, it is uh, the doorway to get through to those bigger and better things, for sure.
0: Love it. I love it. it. All right, guys. So, that is our episode on self-care. If any of this spoke to you, please give it to a friend. I think that there's so many people out there that need to talk about self-care. So, Like, share, rate, subscribe, review, all the things. We would so greatly appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Later, y'all.